Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, on the eve of Thanksgiving, we have to bring in a guy I am genuinely thankful for. I normally open with, uh, you know, busting his balls as he's wont to do to me. I don't know. I think I called you the Grinch last year, but you were certainly yeah. the most common. <laughs> you remember. Okay, so come back. Uh, the most common guest in the past interference, one of our best, Mike Giardi, Boston Sports Journal. Thank you very much for making the time as we come back. We're back off the bio. We are refreshed. I think we enjoyed having a beer in our hands on Sunday and are might want that again, now? too. Yeah, yeah, but the good news is we get to do that tomorrow. Yes, this is true. Okay, this episode brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Because it has been about a week since I've been on the pod, there is a lot to get to. And none of it really includes the game on Sunday when the Patriots will play the Giants in a game I still have not come up with a name for. We had the Blah Bowl against yeah. the Commanders, just meh. Colts was, I'm just here so I don't get fined bowl. Do you have any snappy name for me? Is this the Stink Stank Stunk Bowl? Oh, he said it. He said the thing. This is the... Oh, I mean, I tried, that was the last is, time you were on. It is yeah. remarkable, by the way. Just, I mean, think about the fortunes of both of these teams. You know, one was a fringe playoff team last year. One got in um, with some luck, but like Dayball's coach of the year. And now combined, they're like it's two train wrecks, one on each side of the tracks. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty rough. Speaking of train wrecks, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Um, Mac Jones spoke today, Wednesday, you were there. I was not doing more podcast work here and writing from home, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And he has been benched three times in 10 games. What we know since then is that he's taken the first reps in practice on Tuesday. He did so again today. From my understanding is, is it's still down to two of them. So the Malik Cunningham dream is dead. I'm very glad I wrote that column when I did, but your impressions of listening to Mac in the whole situation, again, really since the Colts game, which is the last time that I revisited the topic, aside from reporting that he's lost the locker room, which you also have said to. Yep. Yeah, look, I thought he was actually um, surprisingly positive or in generally in a good frame of mind. I thought he he, um, he articulated himself pretty well today. I think in his heart of hearts, he knows he's the better quarterback, so he's probably feeling like, well, you can open the competition up, but every time that you've tried to give Zappy a little bit of a an opportunity, a little bit of a, you know, open the door for him just a little bit, 
you know, I've slammed it shut on them. Now that hasn't translated onto Sundays, but during the course of the week when they, you know, when Bailey has gotten more opportunity to do it, Bailey hasn't been able to do it. And that goes back to the spring. So it's a spring, summer, fall, we're headed into winter and, and Bailey still hasn't fully grasped, you know, what they're trying to do and, and do it as well as Mac has, at least in practice. And obviously for parts of games, you know, Max had a moment here, a moment there. He's had the one good game all year against the Bills from start to finish. But um, I think he probably feels like I'm the best guy. And if you're going to go based on that and who performs better in practice at the end of the week, it's going to be me. It's going to be May. Yeah. Um, I thought well, about that out, out, but I didn't do it. No, no. And we're like four months away from when that's a thing. Um, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong about this, because this is how I see this practice quarterback competition going on between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, started, of course, by Bill O'Brien telling us Monday, hey, A, there are enough reps to go around. B, here in New England, you got to earn it on the practice field. C, that seems like what we're going to do. I don't think this is about Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi at all. I think this is about the rest of the team, because as you and I have reported, Mac has lost the locker room. Coaching staff does not have much confidence in either player. And with Bill Belichick benching Mac Jones for a third time against the Colts, it's hard to trot him out there, again, risking a fourth benching. But the way you can do that is to put them side by side. Give Billy Zappi a few more reps in practice. Say, hey, if we're going to ask everyone else in the team to earn their spot, earn their snaps against the Giants in the six games after that, we're going to do the same for them. And we will let you watch everyone else on the team. These two guys go head to head. And you get to see who's better. Because if it's still Mac, there's no arguing. For those of you who want Bailey Zappi or want another quarterback, you're going to have to pick the worst guy if Mac wins out. If Bailey Zappi wins out, well, then he earned it. And then we'll hand him the keys. But we're not going to give him the keys just because the other guy stinks. I think it's about sending a message to say, hey, look, these are the options. We put them side by side. We can all watch. And if they suck, they suck. But we're going to take the best one of the two. And I think that's what this is about. Yeah, then if I'm a player, though, then I sit back and go, they both suck. That's not my fault. Who, who created the quarterback room? Who signed the, Who signed these guys? Who thought that this was the plan that we should go into this year with when last year didn't go very well, certainly for Mac and I, you know, whatever. Bailey had the two games, but there's obviously some limitations there. And then you make the change in the system a little bit this year, and, and Bailey just has never been comfortable in it. So even back in the spring or early summer, you should have said, no. You know, they start bringing in the Matt Corrals, the Ian books and all that stuff that they should have done something even earlier to say, look, we're not totally confident that Matt can get it back. And we're certainly not confident that Bailey's got this at all. So then if I'm a player, I'm going, well, once again, did my coach put us in a crappy spot where he didn't come up with a better option there? There were, you know, again, going back to the spring, there were other options that they could have gone guys that had started games and had success in this league. Josh Dobbs, of course, as we've seen, he's one of them. Jacoby Brissett. There are other people out there that they could have said, look, if Mac can't get back, I don't want to have to turn to Bailey Zappi. I'm willing to spend four or five million dollars, six million dollars on a backup quarterback and at least give ourselves the option if things go wrong like they did last year with Mac. I, I just think that's so far that's water so far under the bridge that there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you're a player, I think you might be right. And I think there are guys in my conversations, the locker room, we think like that. But at this point, hey, we got seven more games to play. And the first one, when it comes to picking a quarterback, we'll throw the balls out there. We'll see who performs better. And you all have to watch and decide for yourself. Because, again, that's what they're doing with every other position. And you can't hand the keys just back to Mac after he's the guy famously getting benched over and over again. To, to some degree, and I don't know if this is allowed, Mike, I'm just tired of talking about this. Like, I, I, it's the same no. old stuff. 
like you said, they both stink. The quarterback's room is bad. The only time for change is coming in at the soonest two months, which is not going to happen because that's January. It'll be free agency in March or the draft in April. Like the team is going to have to play through it. I, I just don't know how much more interesting content there is because at some point, who cares? And that's why I've partly advocated for Malik. It's not only it's more entertaining, but more to the point, he can amplify the one thing they do well. And this has been a sneaky strength of theirs is the efficiency, not the explosion, but the efficiency of the run game. They are so steady there. Throw that guy in and he, he can run the ball. You have a lot more option runs and he'll operate a high school passing offense, which is what you're running anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and that's true. I guess, you know, as, as I was having the debate on TV a couple of days ago with Tom Giles, and he's like, Cunningham. And I'm like, dude, they don't even let him practice quarterback. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? He hasn't done it basically spring, summer, fall. Like, so now all of a sudden here in week 12, when, as you said, there are guys, hey, seven weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm playing for a job next year. I'm playing for a free agent contract. Don't put me in a terrible situation with a guy like, okay, Matt can't get out of his own way this year. Bailey, when he's been in the sub, he's been terrible. But, like, this guy hasn't even, like, he hasn't practiced. They won't even let, let him drive the go-karts, like, yeah, let alone like, a full car. Yeah, yeah. Then, so then, like, then I don't know. Like, what's the what's the mood? What sort of message does that send? It's just, good Lord, you're putting Malik Cunningham in. Like, yeah, he was great in college, guys, but you didn't think he was a pro quarterback. And guess what? Nobody else did either. <laughs> I knew I liked Tom Giles. I'm glad I have him <laughs> in my corner. Um oh, Giles. So we promised the folks, it's in the headlines, in the description of this episode, four reasons to keep watching the Patriots here in 2023. And first of all, we both understand, A, we are professionals. This is our job. We will continue to, the effort is not going to wane as the Patriots continue to spiral into the sewer. But on the outside, it is very easy to go, okay, after the bye, I'll give them one break. And let's say they lose to the Giants. Go, why the hell am I going to watch this team? Well, we have your answers. And you, I know, struggled a little bit more than I think I did. (laughs) But let's start off. With Mike Giardi's number one reason to keep watching the rest of the Patriots season, because folks, we have again almost two months to go, so we better. Are you doing these in like order, power ranking style, or can I just just no, just just go with your list, and if we have overlap, we'll dive in. If not, it'll be my turn. So you keep watching because you want to see them keep losing. That's oh. why. And I look, I we, we you know they use the word tank. Professional players aren't going to tank. Coaches maybe can influence things a little bit here or there, right? I'm not going to play this guy as many snaps or, hey, he's not very good on third down, but I'm going to put him in there on third down. Like, hey, just hey, see what it looks like, you know, that sort of thing. But, like, the players play hard. I mean, we, we just went through this, you know, a few years ago with Miami, right, the tank for Tua stuff, and that team was a disaster the first month of the season, getting beat by 50 points. And then, lo and behold, by the end of the season, I think they were basically a 500 team and, of course, came into Foxborough in Week 17 – Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki beating you on week 17. I think Parker 17 point underdogs. Yeah. yeah. I think Parker had two touchdowns and Gusecki had the game winner, right? Like, and, and cost you the bye. So you got the home game against Tennessee. We know how that went. They lose. Tom Brady walks out the door, never to return again. Um, so they're not going to tank purposely, but they might just be bad enough and sloppy enough that they're going to do it on their own. And when you look at the roster, and I think this is what the thing I keep coming back to, and I blame, you know, like, when I looked at this team preseason, I said eight, nine win team, right? Like eight wins, probably, you know, if things break right, nine. If things go great, maybe 10. I overestimated the talent on their roster. I, I mean, we and we're going to talk about that. We just talked about the quarterback. Obviously, mm-hmm. I underest- overestimated his ability to bounce back. But like in general, I thought there was more on this roster. And now when I sit here and look at it, here and in, heading into week 12, Andrew, I say to myself, 
my God. Never mind being devoid of offensive difference makers, which is something I've been talking about for the last year and a half, but just across the board, like, he's okay. He's fine. He's, like, slightly above average. He's slightly below average. He stinks. Like, there's just, (laughs) they are so devoid of high-end talent that the more you lose, the better chance you have of getting that top three pick and maybe getting someone that can change the fortunes and get you back on the path that you thought you would be on two, three years ago. So the way you describe that reminds me of, you know, situations I may or may not have experienced on either end of this, but you bring home a new partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, at Thanksgiving family doesn't exactly fall in love with the person right away. You get a lot of, Oh, they were nice. Yeah. You know, like it's the thing you say when you have nothing else to say, the person probably brushes their teeth, you know, they pay their bills. Like, Oh, Todd's (laughs) nice. She's, She's nice, like yeah. he's yes. mad. She has, nice, the, she has nice, someone, a nice complexion. Yeah, someone comes <laughs> over. Oh, I'm a Patriots fan. Oh, well, <laughs> that's nice. You what some, do you do for work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it. But you're right because it is a lot of blah on the roster. And here's the thing: the guys do try hard. And in speaking with them this week, they think they're going to win every single Saturday. And mm-hmm. that might sound crazy, but that shows the investment, not some sort of how measure of how delirious they are like they're still practicing hard they're studying hard they're in meetings they're doing their own film work there's a lot of that going because these are professionals i give credit to belichick for keeping the locker room you know as much as we're starting to hear more things i know i am as they lose for pretty much still rowing in the same direction which leads me to my number one thing which is tied to yours i want to know what rock bottom looks like and it's not because i'm sick in the head though we could argue that later it's because there's a chance it was two weeks ago against the colts there's a chance it's here against the Giants. Or, in a worst-case scenario, it's Week 18 at home against the Jets who come in and beat you by 15 or 20. And I don't know. But this is all uncharted territory. And we continue to sink and sink and sink. And I don't know how Belichick is going to react. I don't know how the locker room is going to react. But I'm very curious to find out. And not in a way that I'm rooting for it. If they start to win the Colts game was rock bottom, great. This is a happier locker room, happier players, coaches that we get to deal with. But... It, it's just so unknown that I'm so curious diving down to the depths of the ocean where there's so much pressure. Life cannot possibly live and sustain. And a, a working football team just can't do it without breaking. Like, that's where we're headed. We might even already be there. But I don't know that yet. I, I, I have to think some fans want to know the same thing. What does rock bottom actually look like for the proud New England Patriots? Yeah, again, just a place you never thought you would be three, four months ago. But talking about that. Like even the most pessimistic would be like ah seven wins six seven right. you know whatever but 11, like yeah. but they'll be yeah they'll be somewhat competitive and like whatever you know no not this not two and eight nobody I not not even the the biggest hater would have thought that they'd be two and eight at this point. Okay, so we've all seen the Patriots struggle to score this season. That has been no secret. But I have something new for you. And that is the fact that you at home or walking the dog or at the gym or grocery shopping, you yourself can score this season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, $150. If you pick a team and that team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you've heard me talk about them a lot. There is no better time than right now to get in on the action because the app is super easy to use. And if you don't like picking straight up winners, you could go with point spreads 
or player props over unders and tons and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and open up the NFL season on your terms with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts must be 21 year older and present in the state in order to bet. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And I will tell you this. There's at least one person, maybe two, who's echoed this, that thinks they might be lucky to be 5-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. Like They understand how bad it is. And I think they see a lot of it from injuries. The schedule coming up is not kind to them. But this is not some sort of team that's, again, lost its sense of touch of reality. But if you're thinking we're being overdramatic, I think we're past that point. This is not the media's fault anymore that anyone's doing it. <laughs> I just want to guard against criticisms on the front end, understanding sure. I get why people come at it from that angle. But there are people in the building who see this being a four or five win team because they understand what they're dealing with and what they can't do. Um, what was uh, number two in your list? So number two on my list, we, we touched on a little bit is, is, is Mac and, and the it's seven games. I don't know that he's going to start all seven. I think he, I think he's starting Sunday. We'll see where we go from there, but can he rebuild himself to a competent level? Can he, can he do better than that? Can he start to, if the decision hasn't already been made on him in terms of like, obviously we're assuming that Bill's probably not going to be back. I think we're all kind of feeling that, but this is the end of the run. Gerard Mayo, is he the next guy? Does Gerard look at at, at Mac and say, I want to see how he responds. Like if he shows me something here in the next seven weeks, maybe that's a conversation we have to have if I take over. Like, can he get himself back into a conversation, not only here and save his time here, because it's obviously gone horribly wrong for the last year and a half or whatever. Um, but then for him himself as well, like, can I, will someone else look at me? If they aren't going to keep me here, if I'm going to be free, if they're going to shop me around this off season, is someone else going to look at me and say, you know, we could do a lot worse than have Mac Jones as our quarterback as our bridge for the, for the next guy. Um, you know, sort of like Baker Mayfield is in Tampa, whatever, pick a, pick a name, pick a guy like that. Like is that opportunity there for him? So I think there's a lot for Mac Jones mm-hmm on the table here in these final seven weeks. I agree. To be totally honest, I'm not particularly interested in Mac Jones anymore. No, uh, you, ju- just, you said it. I, I think a lot of people, and this is the, the problem, like you, you, the quarterback is the most important position in sports. So I like, I'll get readers. I'm sure you do. Like, can we stop talking about it? Like, I don't love having to talk about it all the time, but it's still the quarterback. <laughs> and there's like, you got to figure it out if you don't have one. You're not going to be any good right now. You're not any good in part, a large part, depending on where you stand because of the quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and just to clarify, it's, it's not personal against Matt. Right. It, it's the performance that we've seen on the field. What I believe is potential to be, at least in this situation and him just as a character in the whole story. Again, we're never rooting for the Patriots to win or lose. I, I want to cover stuff at the intersection of football and the interesting Mac Jones, when he's speaking, Mac Jones, when he's playing, is so far away from interesting at this point. And some of that is just being bound by the rules of the Patriots PR department, right. which is run by Bill Belichick, much as Stacey James. But there's just not a whole lot there for me. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it is the quarterback. 
no matter who the quarterback is. It could be Dom, Tommy freaking DeVito, which we're about That's- to see on Sunday. People want to know what that guy has to say, even if four weeks ago you had no idea who this Jersey kid living with his parents was because now he's a starting quarterback of the Giants, and that means something no matter who you are. On Mac, though, I'll say this. I, I do think you're absolutely right and that people around the league, Shanahan Tree, maybe a Sean Payton, if you need a bridge or a guy to come in, you're high on him before the draft. The Patriots screwed him up. No one's arguing that. We can fix him. We can give him time, a new environment, no pressure. He's still accurate. He's a smart kid. He works his ass off. Let's get him a new environment. Like, you get that bump as a first-round pick anyway. But I think, again, as coaches who might have liked him or be able to believe that they can work around his limitations and put him in their system, yeah, he'll get a chance. But like everyone else on the roster, needs to produce tape in the second half of the season to make that selling job a lot easier on those head coaches talking to their GMs or the GMs trying to convince their head coaches to bring him in. Yeah, no question. And it's, you mentioned like the Shanahan tree. We, we know about the connection with San Francisco. Like even for as bad as it's been here, this is the way it always works in the league. I can, I can give them to me and I'll fix them. And at the very least, if someone were to take that on, they're not taking on a massive salary. Not when you can, you know, fourth year, you're not, no one, no one believes the fifth-year option is getting picked up by anybody. And he started a crap ton of games in the league. So, again, maybe he's not your starter. You want to see if you can rebuild him. There's someone else in place. He can compete. Or, hey, if this guy's not any good, then we give Mac a try. But he's got to show that there's something there. Because this would be like the third or fourth time just in the last calendar year where I think there's – been weight put on his shoulders like hey show me something here and he hasn't shown it in previous ones you know how many eventually that gets around and people are like dude i can't i just right. can't right and that that's the trouble for him too is he's rehabbing an image that you know around the league okay he's a dirty player or he's someone who whines last year in the face of coaching which i would have whined i probably would have handled it worse than mac jones in light of everything that you and i have reported on with yep. the offensive coaching staff but now If he shows any sign of quitting, I mean, that's like the unholy triumvirate of competitive sports. You can't whine, can't quit, you can't be dirty all at the same time. And I'm not saying I believe all of those things, but Devin McCourty's spoken to this. Like, that's the impression around the league. Even if it's not true, you just can't argue against it. There's too too many instances and too much gray area to say it's it's clearly not the case. And so he he just, he's still fighting that as much as it is for on-field reps within his own team. No question. All right, number two for me. Speaking of quarterbacks, I want to see Bill get back into his bag against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. And you could even throw Russell Wilson in there, but Belichick is really more versus Sean Payton in that instance because, A, the Patriots have to play all these quarterbacks. So we can go in and be like, oh, they're nine-point underdogs or 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. Call me absolutely crazy because the Chiefs' defense is really good. I think there's a chance they beat them on Monday night because the Patriots – all right, I take it back. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's there's a chance they keep it close on Monday night because okay. Belichick hasn't seen Patrick Mahomes since 2020. And 2020 is a long time ago. Anyone bringing up Keishon Booty, I'm telling you, stop. I don't care about 2020. We're all different people. We were all in different shape back in 2020. Okay, for mm-hmm. better or for worse, doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but again, he held them to 19 offensive points in that meeting with a roster that I think is comparable to the one that they have now. That was in Kansas City. That was early season. That was Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, Kansas City. That was the second fewest points Patrick Mahomes had ever scored in a game. Before that, they hold them 
Oh, crap. This was a 2019 game. Remember the score? It was something like 20 to 16, Chiefs barely, 23 16 at, in Foxborough in December. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Before that, the AFC Championship game. The point is, Belichick has wrinkles that still work against elite quarterbacks. He finally got Josh Allen last month. He's unbeaten against Herbert, and he gives Mahomes problems more than virtually any other head coach in the league. And against Mahomes three years ago, which again, three years ago, it's a long time. They dropped eight defenders into coverage 44% of the time. I don't know if that's still the same plan, but Belichick is willing to do almost anything against these quarterbacks if he thinks it'll work. And he'll need to, given the talent in this roster. And we have an example of which it has worked when he's been able to pull something out. That, that's as bad as they might be. Still going to be very interesting to me. Yeah, you know, it's on my list. So oh. we, we share one here. To me, because of especially because of how you look at like last year when they were weighted number one in weighted DVOA, but then as we talked about numerous times, when they played a good quarterback, Lamar or I, I guess Kirk Cousins, they couldn't. They just they made them look like frigging world beaters, right? And sometimes they can be, but like they've had a hard time in recent years, despite what the numbers look like, of holding up against good quarterbacks. And to your point, what they're going to face here down the stretch, like. Yeah, show again. Show me something. And look, if if Bill is done here and auditioning for his next job, it would behoove him as well. Just like Mac Jones and all these other guys. Okay, you know what? My I didn't really want the quarterback, but look what I did on this note card. Pat Mahomes, <laughs> 190 yards passing. We picked him off twice. We upset him. Justin Herbert. I've owned him for three years. Like whatever, whatever the case may be, it helps because certainly. A little bit of the shine has been off, been taken off Bill as well. How funny, funny maybe not the right word, but we clamored for a signature win for Mac Jones, mostly towards the end of last season. But he goes for his first two seasons, not a signature win comeback. Gets one against Buffalo. Checks that box. Let's say he gets a second, though. Like, and it's 10-9, it's ugly as hell. This is like Peyton Manning at the end kind of performance. The defense carries you to that degree. But they upset the Chargers or the Chiefs at home. Or, I mean, Denver wouldn't really count. But they go to Buffalo and they beat Josh Allen. Like, can you imagine? Matt gets his two signature wins in his worst season yet. And it's, like, partially due to Belichick, who is going to get all of the credit for that. And yet it's the quarterback who we've been saying is the one who had been at fault for two years. It's a little cruel, I suppose. Maybe not funny. That's cruel. <laughs> yes, yeah, more, more so cruel. That's how it goes. Sure. But, yeah. By the way, like, I, so when I looked at the schedule again, because I've been sort of living like them one day at a time, one week at a time, the Chargers, like, I don't know what it's going to look like when they get there, but in my head right now, I would pick the Patriots over the Chargers. Wow. I think and look, there's, again, no comparison to talent, but you want to talk about a Bill may not have the fastball anymore like he did. Him throwing against Brandon Staley at the plate, forget about it. That guy's a boob. That thing should have been over. That should have been over last year. And after his press conference on Sunday, like, I don't know how Spanos just didn't say, you, goodbye. Kellen Moore, you're taking this thing over for the rest of the way. We'll test drive you and see what it looks like. J.C. Jackson, Revenge Bowl. Oh, jeez. I bet he no. gets one. I bet I bet he does. It's a tip. It's not him jumping a pass <laughs> or knowing something on Herper, but then he is going to talk his shit in a way that J.C. does to us, hey, unlike any other player. You're assuming that he's still making bed checks, which multiple bed checks. I didn't so know we, I didn't know. I didn't know, but that's on me. But I didn't know. It's on me. I should have known. I've been in the league for a long time, but I didn't know. You knew. 
Well, okay, let's stop here and talk about this for two minutes because Mark Daniels, <laughs> Mass Live, did yes, an absolutely killer job yep. on Tuesday speaking to JC and Trent Brown before any of us did. Got both of them on the record basically saying, hey, what, what's going on? What's up? JC admitted to missing multiple bed checks, something uh, my colleague Jokaida reported. I think you had reported as well. We all know. And that's why he was left home for Germany. Got to play against Washington. Didn't get to go to Germany. And JC was very apologetic, took accountability, and spoke to Mark after this happened. Say, hey, good work. Like, how'd that go? It's like very humble. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I don't care so much what he had to say. I care what he's going to say. But in light yeah. of those quotes, it was like, okay, apologetic. That's good. But but show me next Saturday night before a game. Right. Are you around? Okay, are you around the next week? Because that, that's just how you should act as a professional. As for Trent Brown, he, um, he was very honest, which we appreciate. Love. Again, yes. the intersection of interesting and football. That's yes. where we want to live. He said not only that he's been dealing with a high ankle sprain and a low ankle sprain and an MCL sprain, which would explain his down game against Miami and his two absences since then against the Commanders and against the Colts. But he's been their best offensive player. <laughs> and when he's been out, that's when, quote, the bullshit starts. And the bullshit was the rhetoric from the media, as he described it, in a report from Albert Breer that he's been late to meetings. And if he was late, then it wasn't his fault because he just has to go to the bathroom. And there's, as you said, both guys are kind of talking outside of the both ends of their mouth. I don't know. If I was late, it was this. But I wasn't late. And I'm. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I've never been fined by Bill. Right? right. Let me say that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Never been disciplined by Bill, as Trent said. So I kind of laid the lay of the land there. I hope they both play. They're two of the Patriots' better players. They're honest with us. I wish everyone was as honest with the media as they are. They're prerogative. You don't want to be, that's fine. What do you make of all that besides what you uh, you sparked there? Yeah, so, I mean, look, they have well-earned reputations. They didn't, this didn't, there's no media trying to blackball them. Trent Brown has top 10 left tackle talent. At times, he has been a top 10 left tackle. At times, he's been a top five left tackle. He is right. He has been their best yes. offensive player when he's played this year. 100%. I got a lot of pushback on that four or five weeks ago when I was writing that. Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Dude, play in, play out. He's their best player on offense and is still someone who is capable of absolutely dominating from that position. Trent also has the reputation, well-earned, that he doesn't always play hard. He doesn't always practice hard. He doesn't care about meetings. He's not motivated by that. That's why he's been in San Francisco, got traded to New England, signed a big contract with Vegas, washed out there pretty quickly, came back here, and nary a – but he took a visit to Seattle. Like, yeah, that, that doesn't happen when you're that talented and you have the tape to prove it. You put the tape in, and if you know what you're watching, you're like, damn, that guy – He's good. He can help us. He's really good. Nope. Why? Why is it? Because of his reputation, because of who he is. And he's established that. So um, I stand with Albert, too. I'm not This is just media backing media. I've heard the same things. It dates back to his first time here. He's, he's late. He, he doesn't. He, he operates under his own time. And he maybe Bill hasn't disciplined him this year. Wouldn't surprise me. Because, quite frankly, Bill's desperate. That position was a hole. If they don't have Trent Brown, could you imagine how much worse? I mean, it's 2-8, and eight, so it's pretty bad. They don't score points. It's pretty bad. Without him, 
you know, you might be on your fourth quarterback because they're, the three previous guys are hurt. You know, that's that that's what it's looked like. And I'll say this in um, just some some side chats around the locker room. Yeah, there, there are some days you go in there. <clears throat> you have a you know, plan. I need to talk to so-and-so, ask this question, write this story. Sometimes it's just, I need to write this story. Who can help me out? Other times it's, I have stuff to do, but this is a relationship day. I, I just want to chat with the guys, get to learn them and, and talk with them. Sometimes it's about nothing football related. And in those side chats, among some of those different days, I've come to learn that Trent very much knows that the offensive line is, let's just say, in deep shit without him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leverage to a player who's been empowered probably makes him feel a little bit more free to show up a little bit late. And I, I can't verify that or hurt, hurt anything. But I, I trust your reporting. I trust Albert's. And Dante Skarnacki has also said this about Trent Brown. So right. if you don't trust any of us, trust the, the newest – Patriots Hall of Famer yes. about Trent is great when he's motivated and it's difficult. Oh, look, he had a death in the family as well that absolutely deserves mention. 100%. Reason, he's he wasn't going to play. Yeah, the Germany think he wasn't yeah. playing. I think even right. in, in being on TV with Albert yesterday, I think Albert even said that, that, you know, you saw the viral clip of like he's late for everything. They, they excluded the part where he said, look, he wasn't going to play. So this isn't related to that. But it was just a bigger picture conversation about Trent where he brought that up. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. So I, I, um, I would just encourage everyone to read the piece again. Mark Daniels did a phenomenal job just, just getting those two guys on the record. And again, we're always happy when they're honest because then they get to tell their side of the story and, and say it straight. If there's something about a report or a clip that got cut at the wrong time, as it seems like it was with Albert, then they, they can push back. That's what we're here for. It's not just to talk, but to listen as well. And honestly, listen more than we do talk. In the spirit of talking, though, um, <laughs> here's my third thing. The rookies. I want to watch Demario Douglas play football. I want to see if Cam White can ever find the form we thought he was going to live in when we saw him in the preseason. Or Marte Mapu, who's been in witness protection largely uh, since the season started. And if City South can continue to play right guard, because that can empower you then to sign Michael Wonder to be your right tackle. And hey, that's your pairing for the next two, three years. And Antonio Mafi's in that mix. Maybe Kayshawn Booty comes back. I don't know. But there's a lot unknown there, as you would expect, from a rookie class that has... Many, many snaps to play. What do they do with it? Because that'll that'll shape some part, at least, of your planning for the offseason. Yeah, so it's interesting because I think there's been a lot of people who are, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. Well, they have been. Sometimes yeah. not by choice, but by really the only one that is, well, two. Booty, obviously. We, we've detailed that over and over again. Um, although he's coming off a game in which he had 20-plus snaps in Germany. And then Mapu, who... Mm-hmm. Look, got a ton of hype during the course of the offseason. 
I do remember, I think you and I had the conversation. I'm like, he, he yeah. seems like with the red jersey on, he might be going five to 10% harder than everyone else. And will that, when he, he actually loses the jersey, will he be able to play with the same speed? You know, guys, as much as you, they control themselves sometimes in training camp. It's not, not everything is 100%. Uh, in fact, a lot of times, not everything is 100%. They're all trying to save each other and save their bodies. And Mapu, you know, kid running around, I don't blame him for it. But, like, when he put the jersey on, it hasn't looked the same. When he, he lost a no contact, it hasn't had that same speed. And, obviously, even though they don't have a free safety, I don't think he's a free safety either, by the way. But, like, Peppers yeah. has established himself as he shouldn't come off the field. He's been, if not your best defender, your second best defender behind Junior Tavai, uh, Jelani Tavai, excuse me. And Barmore obviously is coming very quickly here in the mm -hmm. last five, six weeks. But so, like, I don't know where he's supposed to play. Um, but other than that, like, the young players, Jake Andrews is the only other young player that hasn't gotten any time. And quite frankly, David Andrews doesn't deserve to come off the field. It, no. it, it he's still been really good for them. Maybe not his – he's not at the peak of his powers, but he's still a damn good player. And I'm not just sitting down, a team leader who stands there after every – terrible loss and is the first one that has to go to the podium because Bill doesn't anymore and answer the questions that some of them he shouldn't have to answer. So yeah, like I think they played him <laughs> by, by hook or by crook. Some of these guys that had to get in there and gotten plenty of snaps. I am interested in white and I wrote about him after the, the Dolphins game, uh, the, the second Dolphins game, because I thought, and I talked to him about it. I, it felt like in that game for the first time, it slowed down for him. That instead of like just wanting to smash people in the head, his eyes would be in the wrong place, his feet would be in the wrong like and against the Dolphins the first time, which was week two, he got he got tricked a couple times and looked awful, like just in space, just like, oh, that was supposed to be my gap. The guy just ran twenty yards down into. Um and I thought like, okay, he had sat out after the concussion, so he had a week to sort of like decompress, see things, and came back and played. I thought not great, but well in that game. And I was like, ooh, is he going to build off it? Eh, hasn't really. It's sort of been a little roller coastery. Um, but he's still getting plenty of snaps. So, you know, you're getting a lot on tape with him. He's definitely someone that uh, is the pre-scouting report. I know you talk to people. I talk to people. It's like, look, he's a, he's a dog. He's a bull rusher. Like, he's got strength. He's motor. He's constantly going. He doesn't have anything in his bag, though. It's... It's, it's not even speed to power. It's power to power. Like he just, and, and it's, he'll still give you pressure that way. But like, I want to see some refinement. Show me something. Give me a couple counters in there that show me that you can advance beyond just sort of that physical presence that doesn't have any technical side to his game. Um, so he's an interesting one for me to watch going forward. Yeah, obviously he's the second round pick. It's easy to say he's the most talented of that bunch, but it deserves to be underscored because we really haven't seen that talent maximized in a way that, again, we thought we would in the preseason. It's a great point about, like, there's a lot there, whether it's athletically or even, you know, he's an older prospect, but he's inexperienced playing defensive end. Only did it two, three years at Georgia Tech, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and so he's got the bull rush. He's got a mean inside move. But when you're a two-pitch pitcher, I just sit on one and react to the other. Yep. So if he does have some sort of outside move, because he's not going to win naturally with speed a little bit more, Ben, whether it is uh, speed to power or power to speed, like, you know, 
that will come, I think. Can it come this season? Because then we're all talking about, oh, big year to leap, plug Keon White in on this side, Matt Judon's back, now we're really rolling. I don't know. Because if he doesn't, then that's another question mark of uh, second round pick, hasn't made a leap. <laughs> Tyquan Thornton, uh, different different player than Keon White, who is yes. viewed by some, including the Patriots, as a first round talent. But the other part about this is we haven't even mentioned two guys who are starting. Chad Ryland and Brian uh, Bryce Berenger. You know, like they've been fine, lowercase Lowercase F fine for Ryland, yeah. capital F fine for Behringer. You'd like that to be better considering the draft capital investment in both of them. Does that change in the second half of the season, especially with Ryland when the weather gets worse? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But that's why I'm still going to watch it and find out. Um, yeah, I'd love to see a little bit better uh, Hunter, good punter talk here. Uh, Behringer, a little bit more situ- better situational kicking, like mm-hmm. directional you know, like, hey, it's great. He kicked the ball 75 yards in the air. Do we, you know, we don't want to touch back. I know Cam Acord was like, oh, you kick it that far. No, no, you want to try to bury him in there. You want that ball to go out of bounds. Whatever it is, you you don't want to put him on the 20. And there's been there's been more than a handful of times this year. I'm like, just turn the ball over, man. Just just give me that thing. And, you know, need, need more consistency there. Yeah, it's a great point. All right, I have three down on my list. So I have one left. How many do you have left? So, well, you had the one about Belichick. Yeah. So I've done Belichick, keep losing, Mac. Mac. You mentioned Pop. I would have Pop, Pop and Barmore are two guys that I'm, like, excited about. You know, I just okay. I want to see Pop get eight to ten mm-hmm. targets a game. Uh, I just want to see Barmore. The last five or six weeks of Barmore has been awesome. Um, and, like, not just as a pass rusher, but now starting to string it together consistently in the run game. And, then, you know, then you start thinking, like, Okay, we thought he was a building block after a rookie year. He was hurt basically all of year two, started off a little up and down here in year three, and now has found it. Like, I want to be able to say at the end of the year, I want that guy on my roster. I want, I'm not afraid to give him a big contract, you know, because he'll be entering the final year of his deal going into next year. Like, I want to see that. But I'm going to, you briefly mentioned him, and yes, he's on my list. This is how hard it was for me to find reasons to watch. Tyquan Thornton, man. Like, when you've been healthy, they haven't always played you. They dress you and they sit you. You, I know you had the foot thing that popped up late in the, in the week prior to Washington, and maybe that contributed to running some crappy routes. Maybe it didn't. Maybe that contributed to being benched for basically midway through the second quarter until the end of the game. I don't know. Second-round pick, they were depending on him. They thought he had something, whether that's just doubling down on your draft pick that you – you reach for in the second round. I don't know, but they thought he could make an impact and he has made absolutely zero impact. It has been brutal. He hasn't been on the field when he's on the field. He's invisible. Quarterback doesn't want to throw to him. Um, there's a <laughs> Mike Cadlick of EI. I don't know if you saw this. It went viral. Cadlick took a video at practice. I think it was yesterday where Mac Jones throws it against air to Tyquan Thornton. Taekwon drops it against air. And it was just like, <laughs> that's been the Taekwon Thornton experience. You, I mean, the, the drafts have been dramatically bad. And that one for me, for whatever reason, is the one that I guess because they can't until finally in the sixth round throwing a dart and hitting Pop Douglas, that they haven't been able to find receivers when they're literally 
falling off the trees. They're everywhere now. In college football, that's all anyone does is throw the ball. Find me someone who can do two or three things and catch the football, and he can have success in the National Football League. Puka Nakua can't run. The guy is slow as he – I'm running as fast as he is. That dude was catching like 12 balls a game before he got hurt, like in the National Football League. They can find him. You can't. Like this guy ha- – just – I don't want to see Parker. I, I don't – like I'm putting him out there, and I'm just saying you have seven games, dude, and if you don't do it, you're going the route of Chad Jackson many years ago. Bye-bye. See ya. We're not doing this anymore. It didn't work. You're not a player. Go play in the Canadian Football League or somewhere else, but you're you're not doing it here. They need something from him. And they need and like I know they want him to earn it. And he's not necessarily known as the greatest worker. I was so, gonna say, let, let me ask you this. Does he does he get it? Do I don't think? think he get no, I don't think he gets it. Which is but this is part of why I'm kind of amped up about it, because it's like you haven't done anything in this league. Uh you had like one game last year where you showed a flash. You, you were still running wrong routes at the end of last year. You come into this year, you get hurt again. You're still running wrong routes. Like, <laughs> or maybe it's, hey, it's, maybe it's as simple as this. This weekend, you're getting 50 snaps. I'm just going to run you out there and you're going to play 50 snaps because I don't know what you've done in practice. I, what, I don't know what's happening there this week in practice. I'm going to give it to you. Show me something. And if you don't, you'll, I'm never going to hear from you again. You will be a healthy scratch the rest of the way unless someone gets hurt. And I'll play booty or I'll just go with three. I don't care. Like, show me something. By the way, I don't think he's a bad kid. He just doesn't like right. I, I haven't talked to any. So people that wasn't trying to make it personal. But like, if he's not, if he doesn't get it, if he's not a hard worker or a hard, as hard a worker as he needs to be and think, he, again, another way who maybe thinks he's accomplished something and he hasn't. Yeah. You know, that's like the worst. That's the worst thing you can have on a football well, team. We're back to he's nice. If I, if right. I can't talk about his route running or his right. speed or his ability to separate, you go to, he's nice. And that that counts for a lot in life. But when yeah. you're playing receiver in the NFL, it matters much more how you can get away from defensive backs, how well you catch the ball and not drop it at practice uh, and connect with your quarterbacks. And there is something to be said for just the fit next to quarterbacks like Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. For a guy who has 4-2 speed, ran in a downfield system at Baylor, and is not in any kind of system or with any kind of quarterback who can get them the ball 40 yards downfield. Um, there is something cruel about him suffering that shoulder injury on a diving play, his first deep ball connection with Mac back in Green Bay when we were at joint practices. But it, it's so far in the rear view where I'm with you. I, I don't really want to hear about the injuries anymore. It is unfortunate. That's also part of the deal. And none of them have cost him half a season in a way that Nikhil Harry missed the first half of his rookie season. And then he's asked to jump aboard a moving train in 2019 where Tron Brady is like leaving town and you have to yep. connect with a guy who's famously difficult to connect with. This is not that. You are back. You have gotten the opportunity to play. You were benched after three series against the Commanders, didn't play against the Colts, and you're still on the active roster. Like, I, I need to see more. And I'm with you. I, I don't think he gets it. I don't think that's a crime for a kid in his you know early 20s. But in that building... With that surrounding talent, like you kind of have to, because that's really the only reason you're not on the field. Uh, th- th- it's not a high bar to clear, right? Yeah, so. no, and well, and like think about the co- the conversation that that we had over and over again about Keishon Booty, who again I don't he earned a right to be on the team with the camp that he had. <laughs> if he's competent in game one, they might have upset the Eagles. Like 
And then you can do that butterfly effect. Like, what happens if you get the confidence? What happens because there are alternate realities to all of this stuff. Even with the we talk about the talent and the quarterback play, like things can happen. All of a sudden, the team starts to believe, hey, we shouldn't have beat that team, but we did. Maybe we're better than we thought we were. Maybe we have a better opportunity than we thought we did. You know, build some sort of belief. He didn't. He disappears. He, another guy who wasn't practicing like they wanted to, which is why when Belichick said, oh, he's had his best week of practice. I think he meant it as a compliment, but it was also damning with faint praise because he hadn't had good practices since we put him on the bench. And then he finally gets in, you know, the following week and one catch. Like he's, he's a border, like to this point to me, I thought when he even made the team, he's a borderline NFL receiver. So I, yeah. I wouldn't get crazy about him. At least with Taekwon, you know, he has this thing. And he was, granted, Baylor, whatever. And, you know, that stupid offense. But, like, <laughs> he caught 80-something passes. He wasn't as stiff. And we saw, even in brief glimpses of his rookie year in training camp before he, he got hurt, right? Like, ooh, he does. He's not just a one-trick pony. It didn't appear that he was a one-trick pony. Now I don't even know that he has any tricks. <laughs> All right, from ponies to dead horses, I'm ready to move on from Taekwon Thornton. But it, they're, they're all well points. I co-signed all of them. We need to give people the reason to keep watching. <laughs> we kind of did. <laughs> kind of didn't. So my last one is is very simple. When the Patriots season ends and everyone celebrates and starts looking ahead to the drafts and the mock drafts, and all they have the four pick or the second pick or the sixth pick, oh, my God, are they ever going to get a quarterback, yada, yada. We will forget briefly that we will not see a meaningful football game for another nine months. Yep. And in that time, in those nine months, we will all want to watch, at some point, meaningful football. It could be May. It could be late March. It could be July. Whenever it is, you're going to have that long. So I would just say to you, as much as this stinks watching the Patriots play football, a good chunk of this team will be back next year and hopefully looks a lot different. But you'll want to see them do what they will this Sunday and the Sunday after that and the Thursday after that and the Monday night, two weekends after that, uh, over and over again. Because this is why we're all here, man. Just for the sport and the fun and the competition that's only possible when you get to line up across from another team. And the Patriots will only do this seven more times. And that probably sounds like a lot, given what we've seen <laughs> from the previous 10 games. You'd rather have it be six or five or four. Yeah. But that would also mean waiting longer for football to come back. Maybe you're okay with it, but I'm going to miss the in-season routine and breaking down games and previewing them and talking like this. So I just, I would say cling on to it a little bit more because the Patriots are going to get one of these. And just appreciate it while it's here. Yeah, it, it's a great point. Like, give me, we, we're trying to give you reasons to watch or <laughs> maybe we discourage you from certain things, but like, <laughs> give me some hope. Like, as a, as a, as someone who covers the team, like, I, you said it, like, I, I still would rather prefer wins. I, I like to see good football and I like to see good football games. We have not seen much good football from them this year. We have not seen many good football games. Even the games that have been close have been sloppy and penalties and this, that, and the other thing. Like, give me some hope that some of you guys get it and that there's still that pride. Because I'm not, when I say losing, I had a conversation with another colleague of ours and I was like, I don't want to hear about culture anymore. Like, the culture is gone. The the culture of the 20 years, the, the, whether you like the phrase or not, the Patriot way, all this stuff, like, it's gone. This is different now. You have... Tom Brady's not here anymore. Bill's not at the height of his powers. You're in year four of a rebuild. Like, what are we doing? It's going in the wrong direction. So give me something. Give me some signs. Give me give me more guys like Jabril Peppers who comes out and plays with his hair on fire 
every single week. Show, show me more of that. Show me more of that passion. Show me some defense of each other. Like, you know, you don't like your quarterback, whatever. But like when the guy gets knocked down, pick him up. Like, yeah. just show me something. Show me some life. I, I, I want to see that. I think fans want to see it. I think that's the sort of thing that that you're going to there'll be hope when the season ends because you'll be like, well, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. They got the third pick. They're going to draft this guy or they're going to trade back and get this guy. And then they get Penix and they're Bo Nix and like, they'll make this all happen. And then all of a sudden, bam, we're back in the playoffs. Cause that's, that's how we work. Right. You start to get charged up about guys. You've never seen well, the, the Texans did it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mike, why they, can't they, turned over, they turned over two of their three, right? They got, they had, the GM is still there. Although his power, Nick's power is not what it was. D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud. And all of a sudden they're on, they're on the border. They're in the playoffs right now. If the season were to end, like th- it can be done. You can, you can do it. Not, doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, but like they're playing meaningful football in late November, December, when no one thought they would be get back to that. Amen. All right. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Uh, what are you doing? So my, it's, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I'll give a shout out to my boy. It's my son's last high school football game. Wow. Uh, they're playing on the road. Um, he's coming off a pretty rough neck injury um, that knocked him out of the last game two weeks ago. They, they've had the, they had the week off between, and it's been, with, there's been a lot of stuff to get him ready for this one. There's been, there's been massage therapists. There's been cupping. There's been all these different things. He's not a hundred, but he's 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 gonna go, and um, he's put a lot of work into it. He's put it all season long, so I'm very uh, I'm thankful that I get to watch him play one more time. I'm hoping that it goes well for them and him, um, but it's been a joy. So like that's great. And then, uh, you know, we got the we got the Cape Cod people. My family's coming up, um, so they'll all be. My father is in his 80s, who coached me and my brother in high school. He's gonna be there, so that's gonna be awesome. I don't know how, the, the place where we're going. Not great seating. I don't know how we're going to get this uh, this broken down 81-year-old man a, a good view of, of the game, but we're going to try our best. And uh, then, yeah, then we'll come home and we'll eat like uh, we'll eat like kings and watch more football. Can we get him a sideline pass? Like if you offer to do some <laughs> sideline reporting, would that, that be enough? I might just wheel him out there. Like, you know, what's funny about some of these games is they just don't like some places really care and they're like, some places don't. And he's like, you know, he's got a – Sometimes he he has a little roller. I might just roll him out there and sit him down on it. We're at least we're in the end zone, man. We're hanging out. <laughs> I love it. What do you Good got for you? Well, I will. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. First Thanksgiving is married man, so my wife okay. is missing her first holiday with her family to come visit with me, my parents, uh, my sister, her boyfriend, and then two of my parents' neighbors, and uh, who are in their late thirties. A couple of dinks, which is new for me. Double income, no kids. They're <laughs> yeah, great. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And then Friday, we'll have work Saturday down to Connecticut to my in-laws for the annual family football game, which was actually four years ago, the first time I met her extended family. And I have to tell you that, like, normally, I, I would assume normally at a high school reunion, a 10-year reunion for me four years ago. Uh, yeah, four years ago. You talk about old memories. That night, before this family football game, all I could talk about was how GD nervous I was to play touch <laughs> football against her dad and her uncles and her cousins. And, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Lo and behold, it's in the backyard. It's like maybe 40 yards long. But it is the best freaking time. My father-in-law records it, multiple angles. They've had refs before. They've had drones. They used to go to the high school. And there's already drama in the family chat. Like there, there's teams that were released that were not entirely accurate. Where it's like <laughs> all of the younger husbands, cousins, cousins, and Laura on one team. It's everybody else. So I cannot wait for what is more famously known as GFL 
coming up on Saturday. But I'd be lying because it's been a long time since that game, which you're not going to believe me. No one is going to believe me when I say this. I had six interceptions in that debut game after being nervous because I, had, I hadn't played top football since basically yeah. high school and college and telling everyone, oh, my God, I have this game tomorrow. Yeah, you it's know good what, to I know what happened. I want the tape. But I know okay. what happened. You were Marte Mapu in the preseason. You were <laughs> yeah, running around in a red non-contact jersey while everybody else was going 85%. You're out there going 105, <laughs> running around, picking off passes. It was wedding crashers. You're like hitting guys, knocking them yeah. down. Yeah. Well, it ended in a 9-9 tie. There were two <laughs> safeties. It was the grossest game. Mind you, I was Marte Mapu then with a giant bald spot. So the only thing I could see rewatching the game since is just like, you know, the, the helicopter landing pad on the back of my head. Um, but it's not a red contact jersey. I'll give, you, I'll give you one guess because this player, I don't know if this will be helpful, was on the cover of Madden, early 2000s. He played for the Vikings. It was just one of the most fun players of that time to watch. So I, have a, I have a home Vikings jersey that I wear to this game because I wore it then, and it was a throwback around the time when Madden took up as much as my time as homework. Dante Coming Culpepper home. or John yes. Randall? Yes, All sir. Right. Dante Culpepper, number 11. Yeah. So I don't have the Enjoy. arm strength. I don't have the the girth, the muscle, the anything of Dante Culpepper, but I just have his his name on my back for this uh, family football game every year. We did one year we had uh, for Thanksgiving. I don't know why, <laughs> but – for some reason, it was just the four of us, my 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 wife and, and two kids. And they were younger. It was like maybe eight and five. And we're like, well, we got to do something, right? Besides have turkey and, and pie and all that stuff. So we played uh, two-on-two football. We went to the high school. We played two-on-two football, <clears throat> the five-year-old and the eight-year-old. Yeah, it was nice a memory. Yeah, I remember that. I played That's one-on-one cool. with my, my dad way back in the day. And that was like big leaf piles and... Uh, I have a feeling you let me win because I was maybe seven or eight, but I respect the two on two. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. They've gone up plays, you know, and then having yeah. like, you know, the younger guy now the now the playing in his last game, like catching balls and stuff like that. So yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I'm genuinely grateful for you always coming on the podcast. It's always a great conversation. I hope folks enjoy this as you are traveling safely. There is bad weather. Uh, hopefully no bad football that we will have to watch the Packers and the commanders play. <laughs> uh, but at least the nightcap should be pretty good. 49ers, Seahawks. Yeah. And then on to Sunday, Patriots, Giants. I'll have a preview episode up later this week. No guests, just me. So this is probably the best folks are going to have it here in the Pats Interference Podcast. Brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, bud. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.